broadcasting live high atop the Sunset Strip, deep in the heart of Tinseltown. It's the Eden Rocks Radio Show. Welcome to another edition of the show. Thanks for joining us. Coming up on this episode, we are going to be talking to a guy who created the first ever multi-season television show about the life of Jesus. But the show has a bit of a twist as it will showcase the life of Jesus through the eyes of those around him. Dallas Jenkins, a filmmaker, author, speaker, and currently producing The Chosen, the first multi-season show about the life of Christ is joining us. And Dallas, thanks for being with us here today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. So The Chosen, it's a, a multi-season original series. It's about the life of Christ. I believe it's coming out around Easter time of this year, so it's uh, fast approaching, I would imagine. It's the story of Jesus through the eyes of people he has touched. How, how did you come up with this project? Oh, boy, that's a long story. I'll try to keep it as short as possible. But uh, I, about four or five years ago, I was making, um, for my church's uh, Good Friday services, every year I would make a vignette or a short film about the life of Christ, typically centered around his resurrection uh, or his death. And uh, when I would do that, um, my approach was always, what's a perspective that I haven't considered, or what's an aspect of the story that I haven't thought of before, or something that I haven't seen before in all the dozens of Jesus movies and miniseries that I've seen? And and then we'd work our way backwards from there. We'd say, what haven't we seen? What's a perspective we haven't experienced? And then we'd, uh, you know, we'd, we'd fill in those gaps, or we'd We'd, you know, find that Bible story, just bring it from a different perspective, maybe a character such as the thief on the cross or, uh, you know, the, the people who buried Jesus's body, um, that kind of thing. And it always had a really, really strong impact, not only on the audience, but on me as I was making it. And so um, about, oh, I would say, a year and a half ago, maybe more, uh, I was coming off of one of the biggest career failures of my life, uh, my feature film, The Resurrection of Gavin Stone. I uh, hadn't done well at the box office, and so I was kind of pouring my heart and soul into my next Jesus short film, which was about the birth of Christ from the perspective of the shepherds. And uh, I was just, again, doing it for my church's Christmas Eve service. And while I was doing it, I was also binge-watching a bunch of television shows or streaming shows on Netflix or Amazon and whatnot. And I was like, why hasn't there ever been a show about the life of Christ? There's been movies and miniseries, but there's never actually been you know, a multi-season show where you can really dig into the characters and really dig into the stories. Uh, and, and, and instead of kind of the traditional approach, which is just to go from miracle to miracle, story to story, and you never fully get emotionally engaged in the lives of the people who Jesus touched. And so that started, that idea just kind of was really percolating in me for a few months. Long story short, um, a streaming service called VidAngel uh, B-I-D-A-N-G-E-L. Uh, they're this great streaming service that my family has um, that was primarily known for filtering, where you can watch shows on Netflix and Amazon.com, Amazon but you can watch them through uh, VidAngel and filter out whatever you find offensive. Uh, they saw the short film about the birth of Christ and just flipped out and heard my idea about the show and really loved it. And uh, they said, we think that uh, we could you know, produce this with you and develop this. And I was, I was really excited. And they said, we think we could do it through crowdfunding. And I just laughed and I was like, oh gosh, I guess that's, you know, I, I mean, I just kind of was disappointed because I thought, you know, crowdfunding is not something that doesn't usually work and it's certainly not at the level and the millions of dollars that we need. 
Well, as I talk to you now, um, we ended up breaking the all-time crowdfunding record by several million. We've raised over $10.5 million and are currently in post-production on the first four episodes of season one. And uh, they're coming out, like you said, uh, uh, officially coming out uh, sometime later this year, but we're probably doing some sort of pre-release, which we're working out the details now around Easter. So I know that's a long answer to your question, but that's essentially kind of how we got to this place. Well, with the with the crowdfunding and the success of that, it sounds like there's a, a desire or need or craving for this type of series, because if it if there wasn't, you probably would not have gotten the response that you did financially. Oh, for sure. I mean, we we got over 16,000 people um, who invested over at least $100. $100 was the minimum. And this wasn't a typical like donation type situation like a Kickstarter or GoFundMe. Um, This was actual investment. And so uh, people took the time to go through several stages. They, you know, uh, we we had investments all the way up to $200,000. But I think, you know, the response to the Christmas episode that I did, which was just started out as a as a short film for my church, um, that really kind of launched the the passion for this project. And, and the more we explained it to people what we were trying to do, the more excited they would get. So yeah, there's for sure an audience for this. There's for sure um, a, a very uh, eager audience. Uh, that, and, and I think they appreciate the fact that we're doing this outside of Hollywood. I think they appreciate the fact that we are uh, very much uh, passionate about sticking to the scriptures. Now, of course, we're adding backstory and context a historical and biblical context, as well as some artistic imagination for some of these characters, but uh, it's being made by myself and along with some biblical consultants to make sure that we are honoring Scripture uh, and not changing it or deviating from it in an unnecessary or um, you know heretical way. So I think that's what people really saw as they got behind the scenes of what we were doing. And of course, we've also had tens of thousands of people who wanted to be involved but just couldn't afford the you know the hundred dollars or or, you know, it just wasn't the right time, but are really eager to see it. So it just seems like there's a lot of momentum building for it. Uh, we've been showing behind-the-scenes videos regularly on our Facebook page, and the excitement has really built strongly. And then, of course, uh, working with Broad Street Publishers on a devotional that's also going to be coming out um, here just actually before the show comes out in a few weeks, um, which is a 40-day devotional that digs even deeper into the lives and the Bible verses that we've We've known, you know, those of us who are believers or even those of us who may be on the fence as believers um, who have heard some of these stories, but this devotional gets even deeper. And so we try to do that along with the show and really just introduce people uh, to Jesus through the eyes of those who encountered him and were, were moved by them, but were moved by him. Now, now the I believe it's the pilot episode, and this might be the, the short story that you originally started off the, uh, the season or the, the, the uh, show with is it's about the shepherds. And I was able to watch right. that, and it's it's pretty fascinating. It's it's seeing the story of the birth of Jesus through the eyes of the shepherds. And when I was watching it, the first thing that came to mind was it's not your typical Sunday school Bible story. The characters there are really raw, uh, maybe even unconventional, and you really start to kind of maybe get an understanding or an, or an idea of maybe what these shepherds were like. I mean, they're just they were just raw people. They go to the market. They're trying to sell, you know, the perfect lamb to the uh, religious leader. And, you know, they're out in the, uh, I guess, in the pasture at night and, and it's getting cold. And, uh, and, they're, right. the, and they have the inner conflict with the, you know, with the one other shepherd there. And so it's really something that you're, like you said, you're t- kind of creating 
a story through these uh, the eyes of these other people as opposed to telling you know from a, a narrative, I should say, of Jesus. It's really kind of like a, a, a perspective piece as opposed to a narrative piece, really. Exactly. Um, you know, we you bring up a really good point, is when you really dig deep into the stories and your goal is to be as authentic as possible, um, you really start to actually get away from some of the Sunday school versions of things that we heard when we were children. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying anything negative about Sunday school. No, but, of course not. You know, it's kind of the, flan- the, the flannel graph, you know, children's <laughs> stories that we would oftentimes right, hear. Right, right. You know, and Mary's this, you know, and usually all the characters are white and they've got rosy cheeks and they're all smiling and happy. And really the, 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 Jew, the, 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 time, the Jewish people at that time were very seriously oppressed by the Romans and were poor and dirty and struggling. And they were sinners just like we are. And uh, they were desperate and longing for the Messiah um, in the midst of extreme pain and extreme, extreme depression and, and oppression. And so we tried to capture that. Um, that's what the the the, um, the pilot episode that you mentioned again. This yes, it is the short film that I made for my church, and we kind of made it a quasi pilot episode, kind of a concept pilot in many ways that was intended to raise awareness for the show and ultimately raise money. And uh, that's what people kept saying. You know, literally thousands, I mean, well, millions of people around the world have seen it. But even children, we had a, there was an eleven uh, group of eleven year olds in a fourth grade class who watched it. And it really knocked me out because a couple of them were actually crying. They couldn't even talk. And a couple of them were really expressing. They just said, they said it felt so real. It mm-hmm. felt so like they could really identify with these characters. And that's one of the problems with some of the Jesus movies of the past is that the main character is perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, And so when, you, when your main character is perfect, it's really hard to identify uh, with them and, and connect you know, with the experiences that he did. Now, of course, Jesus was also fully human. So we explore that in the show. Um, and we make Jesus as relatable as possible as one as the you know as the Son of God can be. But we're also really interested and passionate about seeing Jesus through the eyes of those who encountered him, through the sinners who truly met him, because we believe that the audience can meet Jesus in the exact way that they did, that they can be impacted in the same way as well. You know, one of the interesting things, because when I was first watching it, I kind of had to uh, fight back the, the the stereotypes that I had in my own mind of of the images of Jesus and Joseph and Mary, et cetera. And it really gets right. you to, to think. It really it really does get you to think and kind of challenge what your what your narrative might be. And and that's what I found uh, that one of the reasons why I liked it. But the other thing too was there was a scene where Mary's walking, uh, actually riding on the donkey, I guess. And one of the shepherds just merely hands her uh, a thing of water, a vat, a, you know. A, Right. Skin, skin of water, and she takes a drink. And it got me thinking. You know, there's a lot of times, and there's there's probably a lot of instance, instances that aren't even in the Bible of people interacting with Mary and Joseph along their trip, along their way. That's not even accounted for. That's just kind of every day, uh, and it kind of brought right. brought to the forefront that you know, yes, it's the Bible, yes, it's the story of Jesus, but yet there's a component to an everyday lifestyle for these people that they had to go through. And it just kind of makes it real once again. Right. Yeah. And so again, if we only identify with the biggest parts of scripture and that's the stuff that we tend to focus on, uh, we forget about sometimes some of the, just the, the, the smaller interactions, the, the things that, that caused or motivated people to do or say what they did that was recorded in scripture. And so again, when you're, when you're telling the stories of scripture, 
Um, obviously, Scripture, you know, and the writers of Scripture didn't feel it was important to share all of the little minutiae, all of the, like, you know, it's when Simon walks into someone's house and they say hi and what they ate and how they interacted and what he was struggling with that day, that's not necessarily important for Scripture to mm-hmm. record. But when you when you explore it and you think about uh, what they may have faced, Matthew the tax collector, what was his life like as someone who was hated by the Jews and disrespected by the Romans, didn't probably have too many friends. Um, and then you mentioned... Uh, in our so so well that that's the backdrop of what we're trying to do. So in the in the in the episode about the birth of Christ, we created the scenario in which one of the shepherds, as he's heading back to the fields that night, uh, in the late afternoon, he he encounters Mary and Joseph. They don't know who each other is, obviously, and uh, Mary and Joseph are, are are tired and exhausted and and thirsty, and uh, they ask for directions to where the local well is. And the shepherd just gives him some of his, gives Joseph and Mary some of his water. And that act of kindness um, is a, a moment that connects them as people. And so later, when, of course, they encounter each other again, uh, there's something special there. And so, again, we're just trying to add little moments like that um, that aren't by any means um, anti-biblical. Um, they're not in Scripture, and they're not outlined explicitly. You know, we don't know for sure that that happened. But they're also not contradictory to Scripture in any way, shape, or form, and are, in fact, I think, honoring uh, the intention of the story and, and just bring a little bit more perspective, mm-hmm. a little bit more detail, so that we—I mean, I had so many people say that they identified with the shepherd, or they identified with Joseph, or they identified with the shepherds that uh, that were having a difficult day, and we're, you know, we, we have a scene where they're sitting around the campfire just telling jokes to each other. All those little things add up to create an experience that makes the stories of Jesus even more uh, connecting. So— this particular episode was about the shepherds. You mentioned there's going to be some other characters. Uh, who else might we see? Yeah, in this show, uh, so the, the, the pilot episode was about the birth of Christ. That's essentially a, a special concept pilot. That's not part of, that's not official. Okay, part of right, right, one. okay. Um, but season one, uh, our main characters are Matthew the tax collector, Simon Peter and his brother Andrew, Nicodemus, uh, Jesus, of course, and then there's a, a, a woman who we are not revealing yet because um, it's a bit of a surprise, but someone who's really struggling uh, before she encounters Jesus. And uh, we get to, we just spend time getting to know those characters before they encounter Jesus so that when they do, uh, the, the experience is even more powerful, not only for them, but for the audience. And so um, those are the characters that we really explored. And we really wanted to, well, one of the reasons why we chose those specific characters, and these are also the characters that we explore in our devotional series, um, the 40-day devotional called The Chosen, um, we, run, we, we believe that there was something really interesting about someone like Nicodemus, who's a religious man, someone who's been religious his whole life, and is coming to grips with the fact that the tenets of his religion might not actually uh, match with the, who the Messiah is. Um, and so he's got his foot in both worlds, both as um, you know, a man of faith uh, and, and a man in this religious structure, and someone who actually believes in the Messiah, even though his colleagues don't. Um, and then you got someone like Matthew, who uh, we actually uh, created a scenario, which isn't actually unrealistic, that Matthew may have been Simon and Andrew's tax collector. Uh, they both lived in Capernaum. They both, uh, it's, it's entirely possible that, that Matthew may have been Simon's tax collector. What was that like? How, what was that relationship like, especially when Jesus calls both Simon and Matthew, how are they expected to be friends? How are they expected to be part of this team together? So we get into some of that, uh, some of that relationship um, before they encounter Christ. 
That's going to be uh, interesting to see how those kind of relationships unfold from your guys' perspective because it's going to make people think, and I think that's going to be a good thing. We've got uh, Dallas Jenkins. Uh, excuse me, Dallas Jenkins is joining us. He's a filmmaker, an author, a speaker. He's currently producing The Chosen, which is the first multi-season show about the life of Christ from the perspectives of different people. Uh, you mentioned the devotional. Um, what what kind of brought that about, and and how can is it? Do you have to watch the uh, watch the show and use the devotional? Are they separate? Can you do the devotional by itself? Kind of give us a little bit more information about that. Yeah, that's a good question. We actually made sure when we wrote the devotional that it was the kind of thing that could exist even if the show even if the show didn't. So, um, Broad Street Publishers and I uh, talked about the show. They were really excited about it. Uh, we talked about the desire to give people something even more. Uh, after they watched an episode, or like I said, even if the show didn't exist, something that could stand on its own. But it comes from the same perspective, which is uh, we're digging into the people who encountered Jesus and what they, and, and you know, ta- giving as much as we can from Scripture that we know about them, while also digging deeper into the historical and biblical context of that time, so that we can truly identify with these people. And like I said, so that when they encounter Jesus we as the readers encounter him in the same way. So we give scripture, we give uh, a prayer, um, we give some questions to, to encourage some journaling. Um, but the, the book really took on a life of its own as we were writing it. My wife and her writing partner and myself uh, kind of really took some time to dig into this and make sure that it was special and uh, that it came from the same spirit of the series. So again, it's, it's based on the series. It's something that you for sure can read as you're watching the show. But it's not uh, it's not dependent solely on the series. It also stands on its own. You guys are obviously working on uh, these projects that are close to home, something you believe in. It's not just you're trying to create something, uh, you know, kind of the old traditional Hollywood way. So obviously your faith is a big part of this. Uh, can you share share with us about your faith and, and what it means to you? Well, my faith uh, defines my entire life, and it defines my career, and I believe that that my life has been geared towards this moment. Um, for whatever reason, God has chosen me to tell the stories of him and his people in this way. Uh, it's a great weight and responsibility, and it's not possible, and I mean that literally. It would not be possible if I wasn't wholly dependent on him. Uh, the process of creating this show has been, um, in many ways, a, uh, I don't know, an exercise of faith, an exercise of, of, of the gospel, of how God... Uh, breaks us down and, and redeems us and builds us back up. And that's what's been happening to me even just in the last couple of years that we've been developing this, just showing me over and over again that I'm not in control. And that's that's actually been a beautiful, beautiful place to be. So my faith is strengthened, has been strengthened through making this show. Um, you know, I, my, my father, I don't know if you knew this, but my father is Jerry Jenkins. He's the author of the Left Behind books and, and has written over 190 books in his life. And, and uh, so I grew up in the faith, in the church, hearing the stories of Jesus every week, um, you know, uh, being the son of a Christian leader and a Christian writer and storyteller. And so the, the, the stories are familiar to me, but the method of telling the stories and the desire to tell them from a different perspective than what I've been used to for 40 years is uh, driving this series. And I think it's why it's uh, the series and this devotional book are having some of the resonance that they are. Storytelling, you mentioned storytelling. It's a big part of uh, the show that's coming up. And it was a big part of the the, the birth of Jesus, the episode that I saw that you did. Uh, but storytelling, and you mentioned your dad, I think the Left Behind series had something like 60 million readers or something like that. I mean, so obviously it was tremendous success uh, for these books. Uh, was he influential in teaching you how to 
you know, best tell a story? Were there other people that influenced you? How did you kind of learn the art of storytelling? Yeah, for sure. Being the son of an author uh, it has been a huge influence on me. Uh, he was always a great storyteller. He was always the funniest guy in the room. I think that's another thing that's really interesting is uh, humor has played a huge part of my life from the time I was a kid. Um, you know, I think uh, most people who know me would say that humor is, whether they think I'm funny or not, at least I'm, they know that I try to be funny all the time. Um, it's just been a very important part of my life. And I think that, that, that humor uh, is actually a really interesting way into telling stories. Um, and, I, and that's one of the things that I think makes our show unique as well, is most Jesus projects are very serious, and there's nothing wrong with that. But our show really tried uh, and, and, and has been successful so far in uh, showing the humor of some of these people. Um, you know, we include jokes, we include sarcasm, we include kind of general day-to-day human interactions, a lot of times, which includes humor. And Jesus, we, we opine, was, was also funny. Um, he made children laugh, he made his disciples laugh, um, and he laughed. And so we, we explore that a lot. And so my dad was always the funniest guy in the room, always um, you know, telling jokes, telling stories. So that had a huge influence on me. I've been influenced by stand-up comics a lot. I'm a big stand-up comedy buff. Um, I think that also informs some of my storytelling perspective. And so when I was growing up, I and my dad were always the ones who would kind of tell Jesus stories, but from from different perspectives. You know, we would imagine what Je- what it must have been like to be Jesus's friend in school or one of Jesus's brothers. You know, we would come up with these stories and and kind of you know joke about them or or, or imagine what they would have been like. And I think that has had an influence on this show. But it's also important, I think, for for filmmakers and for authors to not only be influenced by those that they know, but to be influenced by some of the best books and movies that have ever been written or made. So, you know, there's been a lot of movies and television shows um, that that influenced me and influenced uh, this show. Um, So, you know, some of which, uh, I mean, obviously the stories are different and, and the approach is different, but the skill level and the quality are the kinds of things that have influenced me a lot as well. I think that's important because a lot of times, especially coming from uh, you know being in the church pretty much most of my life, you, you kind of get this reverent, stoic, uh, lack of personality Jesus who uh, is walking around with the sandals and the robe, and, and the only time that we really see any sort of emotion is when he's crying for Lazarus or when he's throwing people out of the temple. And we really don't get a, a day-to-day kind of perspective of what Jesus was like, and there was a lot of Part, uh, a lot of the uh, life of Jesus that's not recorded. So it is kind of interesting to bring up that perspective that just day-to-day being around Jesus or interacting with some of these other characters that we read about in the Bible, there's just some day-to-day interactions that are going to go on that might be similar to some of the interactions that we have even today. Exactly. And, uh, you know, we, we have a, a scene, well, we have multiple scenes where uh, you know, God, God, Jesus is hanging out with people. He's making them laugh. He's telling a story. They're making him laugh. Um, you know, that's, you know, G- Jesus, there's, there were, you know, besides sleeping, let's just say that there's, you know, probably 16 hours a day that Jesus spent that's never recorded in the Bible. And, uh, you know, so we treat that very carefully. We have no desire to try to create some sort of alternate narrative or some sort of theological, uh, you know, joke that we're trying to pull on people or trying to introduce some sort of new perspective on faith. But we do believe there's room to, again, explore some of these relationships and explore what life must have been like. And uh, in, doing, in, in doing so, you take away some of the pious, um, I don't know how to describe it, but it's always been very formal, kind of the King James English version of Jesus. And, and when, it's, when, when you're reading Scripture, that's obviously very important. 
um, approach to take. But when you're telling stories, um, you got to you got to come at it a little bit more, uh, you know, human. I think, and so. To be very clear, and we've made this very clear, we're not changing Scripture. When we do come across the stories in Scripture, we're being very faithful to them. But again, when we're adding things like, you know, some of the conversations that they may have had around the campfire, some conversations that that Simon must have had at home with his wife. We know Simon was married. We know Simon because he had a mother-in-law. Um, you know, we want to we want to introduce we want to be introduced to Simon's wife, and uh, and so that way, when in, in the in the famous story in the Bible when Jesus heals Simon's mother-in-law. The story is even more powerful because we spent time with, with Simon at home. And I remember we were shooting one of the scenes between Simon and his wife. And I remember thinking to myself, I've never seen a marriage depicted on, on film before from in, in a Bible movie. Um, you know, we, we, had them, we had Simon come home and he kisses his wife. And I was like, I've never seen a married couple kiss in a Jesus movie before. That's true. You know, this is really cool. And um, those kinds of moments, you know, they, they had an argument at one point. I was like, I've never had, I've never seen a marital argument in a Jesus movie. Um, so that's what doing a show allows you to do is you get more time to really spend with these characters and and the people who read the script, the people who've seen some of the snippets. We've got, um, you know, a teaser and a trailer coming out soon over the next couple of weeks. Uh, really gotten people truly excited. And I think you mentioned that that Christmas episode uh, that we did about the birth of Christ. I think if people like that, they're going to love the show. Um, and, and people, uh, we got just overwhelming response from that Christmas episode, again, because of simple things like seeing the shepherds telling jokes around the campfire, arguing with each other, being rude to each other at times, um, you know, and then, you know, as you mentioned, acts of kindness, all those things that, that aren't necessarily recorded in Scripture, but do uh, make up the totality of the experience people had when they encountered Christ. Now, you're, you're teaming up with uh, Bid Angel, like you mentioned, and it sounds like the reception of uh, of the project has been has been a good one. Is that true? Has the reception really been good, or have you had? Because you mentioned it's un, it's unconventional, it's different from any other you know Jesus movie or film or you know Bible story that people might be familiar with. It's 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 the perspective and everything is different. And and you guys are including some things. And like you said, you're true to the to the Bible and the narrative. But has there been any pushback, or has there been anything, or has it really been just a positive reception through this whole process? Yeah, I would say 95% of it has been extremely positive, but uh, if, if we didn't get some negative, I don't think we'd be doing it right. Um, we, we've gotten some pushback um, for sure. For uh, you know, I think a few of the most common things are you know, just people maybe, like, because again, the, the show's in English, and so um, some people are like, oh, well, why aren't you doing the original Hebrew or whatever? Mm-hmm. Those kinds of questions. And uh, But the, I think what what you're hinting at is, or, or not hinting, but but mentioning is, um, that there may be pushback from the fact that we're adding stories mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily in Scripture. And so we've gotten a little bit of that. Um, but even even in the Christmas uh, special where people said, I don't remember in the Bible a shepherd who had a, um, you know, a leg that, that right. was broken because um, you know, the main character was, was, uh, was crippled. And uh, so that's not in Scripture, and the Bible says you're not supposed to add to Scripture. And so we've gotten a you know, fair amount of that criticism, and I'm sure that we will when the show comes out. And we've just made it very clear. This is not Scripture. This show is not Scripture. The Bible is Scripture. The Bible is the Bible, and yes, we are not adding anything to Scripture or to the Bible, because I agree that there is no, there is no room for adding to what Scripture has already made clear. However, this is a show, and I think if we got too loose, you know, fast and loose with it, and started changing some of the things that were in Scripture, or changing the intent of Christ, yes, then, then may God have mercy on my soul. But when you, when, even when a pastor is telling a story 
of Christ from the pulpit. And he's saying, now you got to, well, you know, here, picture the scene. And he starts giving historical context. And he oftentimes will say, Jesus walks in, you got to assume Jesus was, you know, talking to the guys and he was saying hi and they were saying hello and they were joking. And, and no one ever says, hey, wait a minute, don't say that. That's not in scripture. Um, you know, imagining some of the backstory and some of the historical context um, is as long as you are being faithful to the intent of the scripture, there's always been room for that. Uh, we just take it very seriously. We do it very carefully. and We do it in concert with our biblical consultants, all of whom are conservative biblical scholars who believe in the inerrancy of scripture and who believe that the Bible is the true and inspired word of God, as I do. And so, uh, yeah, we'll get some occasional pushback on that. Um, but you know we've 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 made the decision uh, long ago uh, that that's the approach that we want to take. And when we do get to some of these stories in Scripture, and we've got to gotten to several of them in in this first four episodes, of course, um, we, we don't mess with that. And when when Jesus, uh, you know, when when the Father had these writers specifically mention certain things or certain things that Jesus said or did. Uh, that's for a reason, and we don't want to mess with that whatsoever. We we stick to that 100%. Um, it's just adding some context that uh, we think uh, fills out the story. Well, and the reason why I wanted to bring that up, because I think people will really miss the point of the series and the episodes that they watch if, if that's what they focus on. Hey, that's not in the Bible. Hey, I don't remember that. That's not my Sunday school lesson. They're really going to miss out on on the point of what you guys are trying to, uh, to, to make with these shows and these episodes. And so it's important for people to realize that when it comes right down to it, the biblical truth is there. And then in other areas, you guys are becoming artists and kind of creating a narrative that is uh, backed by scholars and, and biblical people and things. And it's and it's taken very seriously to kind of fill some of the void that we might not have because the Bible doesn't mention it. Right. And and, and, and you said it again, as I, as I did, which is that we take it very, very seriously. We really do. It's very important to us to, to not to contradict anything that Scripture has to say. And so uh, I, I just think people who've seen the pilot episode, of, you know, the Christmas episode, it's available on uh, thechosen.tv, thechosen.tv, and it's uh, been on our Facebook page. It's gotten, you know, uh, literally over 20 million views uh, around the world. Uh, we've just got an overwhelming response to it. And what's, what's ironic is that several people have said, I hope that you are as faithful to Scripture as you are in the special pilot episode. And what's, where we kind of chuckle is that over half of the special pilot episode isn't specifically outlined in Scripture. Um, you know, there are several things that take place that, that, that aren't told in the scriptural stories, but I think what people are responding to is they, they can see the Holy Spirit right. involved in the storytelling. They, they can tell that I'm a legit follower of Christ and a legit Bible, uh, I don't know if scholar is the right word. I mean, I was a Bible major in college. I've been a believer my whole life. I believe that it's the Word of God. And I think they know that. And I think that when, when, when there's been movies about Christ or about the Bible that haven't been made by uh, passionate believers, mm. um, I think they can tell that, too. Yeah, Even when there's you. there's things that aren't outlined specifically in Scripture, I think you can tell when it's in the hands of someone who, who believes it and, and someone who doesn't. And I do, and I think that's why people have responded as strongly as they have. Dallas Jenkins joining us. He's a filmmaker, author, speaker. Does a lot of things actually, but he's currently producing the Chosen, which is a first of uh, the the first multi season show about the life of Christ from the perspective of different people that you might read about in the Bible. Uh, just in general, as a filmmaker and, and as an artist and someone that's like creating things, creating projects, uh, is it important to you to to create projects such as the Chosen that has a meth, uh, message of faith and hope and and give people, especially Christians, something that they can watch and not only be entertained with, but also be challenged with and even watched with the whole family? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I I didn't start my career with that in mind. I think when I started my career, it was just, you know, I, like, I, I just want to be a filmmaker. I happen to be a Christian. Um, you know, the stories are going to represent my perspective, but that's not my primary goal. And I had a very profound experience mowing the lawn, you know, 15 years ago, um, where I just felt God really specifically, uh, you know, impress upon my heart that, I, that you, know, I, I, you know, I want you to make projects for my people. Um, and uh, so, you know, I, I really, at that point, started to look at it as a ministry. And, uh, you know, I love the church. I actually worked at a church for, for uh, from, you know, 2010 to, to two years ago. Again, some of these uh, short films and vignettes that I did were while I was working at the church. And so uh, I, I'm very much passionate about bridging the gap between media and the church and telling these stories in a way that, that churchgoers can appreciate. But then, of course, the ultimate goal, the ultimate passion is when I can reach someone's heart and bring them to the, you know, to, to the foot of the cross and let Jesus bring them to him. Um, you know, just three weeks ago um, at a baptism service at the church I used to attend um, where they had seen my my uh, my short film, uh, you know, during the baptism, they said, all right, what, how did you accept Christ as your savior? And, and the person said, when I was watching uh, the short film about the birth of Christ at the oh, wow. church, you know, last year. And, uh, you know, we've heard that dozens and dozens of times, and that knocks me on my, my, uh, my bottom every time I hear it, because um, I, I love, I mean, that's, you know, what, what's more important than that? And so that's what I'm hoping the show will do. And it's already had that, expe- uh, uh, that impact, not just with the pilot episode, but on the set, you know, people who were drawn closer to Christ from reading the scripts and from working with us on this. You know, and that's the thing that's interesting is because a lot of times, you know, especially church-going people, you, you think that bringing people to the church, you know, that seems to be kind of the custom, to the tradition, bring people to the church. But actually, we got to bring the church to the people. And through projects like this, this is a way to get the message to the people in a way that is going to be um, different than what they might experience at the traditional church. And for people that uh, might not be receptive to a, a church experience, they might be extremely open and receptive to a show like this. Yeah, and we've we've experienced that many times. I mean, this show is about Jesus, nothing more, nothing less. And um, and and, and you know, as we know, there's been lots of people who have had bad experiences at church. In fact, the church that I just went to is currently, you know, experiencing a national you know crisis. Uh, you know, a lot of attention being given towards it, and uh, because the church, you know, men are men, men and women are full odd, you know, uh, human creatures who make mistakes uh, all the time. And, uh, and so some people have been burned by church. And, uh, you know, I made a feature film a couple of years ago called The Resurrection of Gavin Stone. And like you said, it was, um, you know, where, where you talked about bringing church to the people. The movie The Resurrection of Gavin Stone was based a lot on my experiences at church. And uh, it's about a guy, the main character, is someone who uh, pretends to be a Christian so that he can play Jesus in the church's passion play. And uh, we had a lot of people, I remember after the first screening of that movie, Someone came up to me and they were crying so hard they could barely talk. And they just said, I haven't been to church in years. I was burned by church. This movie makes me want to come back. Wow. And we heard that so many, so many times. And that, that is, I mean, church is where you worship God. Church is where you uh, commune with other believers. And so this show isn't about church, but it's about the man who founded the mm-hmm. church. And I think that if this show can introduce people to Christ and bring them closer to Christ, it can ultimately bring them closer to a to living a life filled with worship. And uh, you know, there's the, the John Piper quote that uh, missions exists where worship doesn't. 
And that's what this show is hoping to do, is to arouse in people the worship of the man who walked 2,000 years ago, who this show is about. As we kind of wrap up here, um, we appreciate your time. I mean, we're looking forward to seeing the the uh, series when it comes out. I know if it's anything like the the uh, Christmas story that you had, it's going to be amazing. But um, you mentioned that it was a, a crowd-funded type of a project, and it's a, it's a multi-season. I know you've got uh, financing and backing right now. But are you guys still – I mean, because it's a little different the way you guys did it. People that are kind of donating, they're not donating. They're more like investing in the film. Are you guys – are you still looking for people? Are you still looking for backing? Um, how's, how's that working out? Uh, yeah, we closed investment um, a few weeks ago when we, uh, we, we we set a deadline and we just decided we needed to stop raising money and start uh, marketing and, and finishing the show that we had already shot the first four episodes of. And so we got to, you know, around $10.5 million and, and uh, that was, you know, that was enough to produce the first eight episodes. So we're going to get into the next four episodes uh, here in the next couple months. We're currently writing them now. And so right now we're not open to investment, but we probably will open it up again at some point. Um, and then sometime around Easter, when these episodes, first four episodes are available, people will probably, again, we're not we're not giving details just yet because we're still working through them, but there will be an opportunity to purchase episodes in advance of the official release. And in doing so, you can actually have a part of, uh, you know, the the, fun, the financial uh, fundraising of future in future episodes. And so that's something that we're going to be doing for the duration of the series is really making sure that first and foremost, the initial investors have an opportunity to receive a, a, you know, a return on their investment, both spiritually and financially. But uh, as people, you know, we, we still hear from people every day who, who really want an opportunity to be involved. And, and so we anticipate those opportunities coming in the future. But as of right now, um, if people go to thechosen.tv, they can express their interest and reserve a spot for the future if there's ever interest in them in, in investing. But they can also watch our behind-the-scenes videos, and that's the best way to get involved right now. So just watch our videos, share them, get get uh, the news spread about this project. Um, you know, as we've talked about, our devotional book uh, comes out in the middle of March. They can get that on Amazon.com. It'll be available in bookstores. And uh, buying the buying the devotional uh, getting access to the show, watching our videos and spreading the word about it is a way to not only be drawn closer to Christ and these stories uh, yourself, but also to spread the impact so that when this show does come out, uh, it really has a chance to, to to really bring people closer to Christ around the world. And for those that may have uh, joined us you know, a little bit later into the um, the interview, where will people be able to watch the show? The show will be ultimately available... Uh, on the VidAngel streaming service. And so if you go to vidangel.com, you can sign up for the service. The first month is free. It's a really, really fantastic platform, especially if you've got kids. Uh, my kids now, we've been able to watch shows like Stranger Things and other famous shows on Netflix and Amazon and HBO that we weren't able to watch before because of some of the content. We're able to filter all that out uh, as a family, decide what we want to watch and don't watch. Watch it through VidAngel. It's really fantastic. But there will be other outlets as well. Um, again, during the pre-release um, there will be opportunities to purchase access to the four episodes, um, but ultimately, uh, sometime in, around Thanksgiving, it'll be available on the VidAngel streaming platform. But again, if people do want to see it uh, in advance, uh, they they will be able to purchase it. We're just not sure exactly the details just yet how sure. that's going to work. And over the course of the se- of the series over the next few years, um, time will tell how the other methods that it's available, the other outlets. But for now, the primary method will be VidAngel. 
um, which I know some people haven't heard of, but uh, it's time to hear about it now, not only for the chosen, but because of the the great services that it provides. Well, that was the point. You know, there's a lot of people that are concerned with exposing children or exposing, you know, other people to, you know, certain streaming services that might open up the door to content that they may not want to see. So the point of the question is, is that people can have be, have an assurance that when they go and they watch it, they're going to be watching it on a platform that's going to be safe for the family. They're not going to be exposing anybody to anything. And so overall, the whole thing then becomes a great, a good viewing experience. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so, you know, at some point when you go to VidAngel and The Chosen is available on VidAngel, you're going to a platform that is very family-friendly. Um, it's not an evangelical platform, such as something like Pure Flix, uh, where the only uh, shows or movies available are explicitly Christian shows, but it's a platform that is very family-friendly. In fact, that's the whole reason it exists. It's actually owned by believers, and uh, the, the whole point of it was to give people an opportunity. To, their, their, their phrase is, make entertainment good for your home. And, uh, you know, like I said, my family, we've been able to watch some shows that we weren't able to watch before because of the service. But again, uh, you know, of course, uh, if you're really excited about seeing The Chosen, uh, that may be the primary reason you get to VidAngel. But uh, but by by the time you see it, you know, it won't be the only reason you're there. I, I can assure you it's been great for our family. But again, uh, we will make it available in other uh, outlets in some way. You know, if someone wants to just buy the DVDs, uh, we'll make that available at some point, too. And then once again, social media and websites, things like that, where people can find you and the, the project, The Chosen, stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah, our hub is thechosen.tv, www.thechosen.tv. We release behind-the-scenes videos, footage from the show, um, encouragements uh, every couple of days. Um, that's where they can also express any interest they have in potentially getting involved financially with the show. Then on Facebook, we're really easy to find. You just look up The Chosen on Facebook. That's actually facebook.com slash inside the chosen. That's our channel where we show uh, behind the scenes videos and uh, answer questions and show pictures. I mean, it's really interactive. We've, we've built, we started from scratch and we already have about 85,000 followers, just some people excited about uh, all the behind the scenes info we're giving. And that's where we'll be debuting the teaser uh, when that comes out, uh, people will get a chance to see what the show looks like, and then ultimately our full-length trailer, which will be coming out shortly thereafter that. So uh, a lot, lot of exciting things that we're doing, uh, even as we speak. Dallas Jenkins, a filmmaker, author, speaker, and currently producing The Chosen, which is going to be a great uh, show to watch. It's going to be a multi-season show about the life of Christ uh, through the eyes of different people that we know about in the Bible. So check it out. Dallas, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Best of luck in this project that you're doing. I know it's going to be successful. I know it's going to make a lot of people think, and I think it's going to be something that a lot of people are going to be uh, interested in watching through the entire process because it's it's going to be it's going to be something that they're not used to when it comes to, uh, like you said, stories about Jesus and movies and stuff like that that we've seen. It's going to be different, but I think it's going to be good, and people are going to like it, and we just thank you for the, uh, the vision and putting this out there. We appreciate that. I really appreciate you having me on. Thanks so much. Dallas Jenkins, the creator and producer for the upcoming TV show, The Chosen. For more information, check out their website at thechosen.tv, thechosen.tv. And that's going to do it for us. Thanks for listening, and do tell a friend. If you missed any part of the show, you can hear it again coming up on Monday and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Pacific time. Until next time, have yourself a very good night.